Hello, everybody, and welcome to this rendition of Apex After Hours. It's a special weekend because guess what? It's the last two weekends, or last two days of Apex ALGS Pro League, and that means, well, a lot to discuss. This is going to be a Saturday night Apex After Hours show, followed by a Sunday night Apex After Hours show. That's right. We are going back to back, and of course, what a day of Pro League action it was. TSM gets the win, but just barely two points over Lanimals. Luminosity with a must-perform top four finish, as well as Furia in third place. Certainly a lot to discuss, and guess what? We have an absolutely stacked lineup for today's show, perhaps one of the most stacked lineups we've had so far. We're going to be joined by, guess what? TSM Verholst himself, alongside the second place Optic Gaming, new rendition of the squad in drop. Let's go ahead and welcome them in, in addition to my co-host in Snipe Down. Gentlemen, what a day of ALGS Pro League action. Verholst, I'm going to start with you. You're riding high right now, man. How are you feeling? Feels amazing. Feels amazing to... Uh increase our land chances by just like whatever they were before it's like triple that quadruple that we're looking a lot a lot better now uh, i think we're all feeling more confident now uh, it feels great it feels great like getting this first place massive um eric the opposite end of that spectrum i know you're not you're uh, it's hard for you to do this show uh coming off of the performance you guys just had i know you came into the discord server you weren't on cloud nine necessarily how you feeling right now yeah i'm i'm pretty ticked off i'm not gonna lie i mean i just feel like we tried some stuff our we have people landing all over the place and the zones were average for us. I don't know. It was just a bad day all around for us, but you know, we're still in a good spot overall and just kind of focus on regionals. Yep. And the last but not least drop. Thanks for joining man. You're the only one of the, th the, th the three an analysts or guests here that did not compete today. But y'all are still sitting pretty in second place. You watch party though. What's your perspective on the action? Just kick us off here. We're going to jump into a kind of post game analysis. Kick us off. What was your take on everything you saw? Any, you know, common themes or highlights or lowlights? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. Um, I definitely would say the uh, the biggest theme of today was the TSM plot armor for sure. That definitely was in full effect today with the TSM win. So that's probably the highlight for me today. Any lowlights? Anything you saw that surprised you necessarily? Um, one of I'd say a lot of the things that surprised me was kind of like the middle of the pack of the teams calling for land. Like I'd say like you know sixth through eleventh. A lot of those teams had really mediocre days, which is going to make the uh you know the qual threshold for land lower potentially you know like i saw complexity didn't have a great day wildcard didn't have a great day so that would probably be the low lights of today for sure every team that tsm needed to do bad did bad today just like <laughs> just straight up so that's like the whole product armor i mean you have the complexity like the three teams that you just named are they tsm passed all of them because of like they all performed i think 13th or worse all three of them and those teams were all pretty much i mean they, those teams were right under our team um, almost guaranteed to make it to, to land if they just had any bit of a decent week, and now here we are. Yeah, that's a good uh, good segue to jump right into it. Yes, you're right. You know, look, uh, we can talk about tripods and Nick Merckx, but back in the day, Nick Merckx, when we competed, was on a team called the Insanes in Gears of War, former national champion. We called it the Insanes luck. They were like the TSM of Gears of War esports back then, 10, 12 years ago. Everything that needed to fall into place for them always seemed to, and it seems like that's happening here for TSM. Ev, I guess your thoughts on that, man. Do you think it was uh, you guys controlling your own fate and just showing up, or do you think it's other teams not performing that also helped you out, or maybe a combination of both? A little bit of luck, or you, you guys really controlled your destiny today? I definitely think it's a combination of both. I do think we like everything kind of went our way today. We definitely did get a little bit lucky a few times. Like uh, the game that we got like 19 kills, whatever, on the, the high point zone was definitely definitely some luck involved there. Like one, we guessed the zone from round one. Like it's kind of predicted end zone. I heard that was no you. I heard, I, heard there was, I heard that was you that predicted that. It was. Did you it was. take so some credit my, or what? <laughs> my boys, my boys thought we were gonna, thought I was gonna end to the nuts, to the north of the wall. 
But I was like, I've seen this number before. There's no way it pulls there. Like we've we've made that we've made the same mistake so many times where we go to the nuts when it looks like the zone's gonna pull the nuts, but it's really not. And so we ended up Valkalting into that back building. Uh, we literally oobed we oobed a team that just like was totally not ready, not ready for us to oob them. It's like that was kind of lucky as well. Like they, they should have been looking there. They should have heard the Valkal. Should have known we were coming and killed us probably. But uh, Hal just dropped down, instantly killed one because they were both staring at uh, they were staring at me and Jordan, and they completely forgot about Hal. So he just dropped down, got a free knock, and we had like we got so many free kills that game. Like the amount of team, like one we had uh, we had meat oobed us one time. Just like literally just tried to oob us, and we were they all three instantly. staring at him. Yeah, three KP right there. We had a, uh, we had like one or two teams try and land in that little tunnel next to the building. Got got free KP there. Um, the teams across from us all fought, and like that made our like made our end game a little bit easier. Um, as far as like other things that went well for us, honestly, like that game was like probably the one game where like everything went our way. Like the other games, where I think were mostly just us playing well. I think our team fighting today was like really really good, and we didn't lose a single team fight. Uh, every team fight we did take was like pretty one-sided. We had one really close call that last game at the building. Uh, I don't know if they showed that or not, but two of us went down. It was just one left. We were 3v3 and I don't know who we were 3v3, but it was really, really close. And that, was, that was so sketchy. But once we killed them, I kind of like knew we uh probably going to win the day after that team fight. But yeah, our team fighting today was just insane. Like I feel like we could have just 3v3 anybody. Yep, and actually, uh, I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, kudos to Chrono, you read my mind. You already changed the topic card here. We had this a little later in the show, but we're jumping right into it. You dropped, I think you set the precedence by saying the biggest highlight of the day was TSM's performance. Uh, we dubbed this topic card the TSM reset. It really felt like a reset type of day. You're right, Verholst. You guys were, were team fighting really, really well. We actually do have uh, a clip. So before we jump into the discussion, you mentioned you guys were team fighting really, really well, Verholst. Uh, that was a little bit foreshadowing here because we prepared a clip that showcased your 3v3 prowess today. Today. It was really on point, and uh, Chrono has that clip ready. Chrono, let's roll this it. Let's listen in. Hitting the back for now. SCS are pushing up moment, on them, Evan. keeping them trapped inside this building. Double Seer ults are forced out, and SCS with reckless abandon are going to jump onto the high ground, seeking their next kill. Koifel, new to the SCS roster, knowing that they lost out to a fight with TSM earlier, although they have no idea it is TSM that they are engaging with here in Grandma's house. This would be vengeance for them because they would have had Godspot back in map number holes. three. Picking up the initial kill, TSM, they're starting to turn things around. Hal goes down, but again, Verholst is still alive, leaving reps to finish it all off. SCS, get the good old Uno reverse card from TSM. And that's it. Yeah, man, look, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get your take. You, I don't, you obviously get to see it from a new perspective there, but you guys had Koifel with that with the Horizon ult, kind of in a blender, man. They had control. They had high ground on y'all. Uh, it looked like it was a staged basketball play or something, the way the way you guys executed that. I don't know who it was. It's, I think it was Seer holding up, holding inside, maintaining that angle. You and Hal pushing outside, getting breaking ice and getting those first kills. That was an example of your team fighting. Break, break down that moment for me and uh, talk to me about what was just working so well today with team fighting. Yeah, that moment right there is like probably the most one of the most important moments, if not the most important mo moment, like the entire tournament. Like if we had lost that team fight, we know for sure we're not going to get first place, and like who knows what could happen if that team is still alive. Uh, honestly, I didn't do that much in that team fight. My teammates kind of <laughs> went crazy there. Like Jordan, Jordan went crazy there for sure. He basically uh, killed all three of them. Like uh, he was he was holding inside, and like their whole team was on the outside. And so how me and how queued up, we're both in the back side of the building. Jordan's alone inside, and like the whole enemy team is also on the outside. But they're not on the roof. So me and Hal queue up. 
we take height control and that forces them to like run in front of the garage and Jordan's just sitting behind a rampart wall and just like fries all three of them. And uh, Jordan ends up clutching up there, which is huge. But uh, yeah, our, our team fighting, like honestly, I think, I think our team fighting's always been really, really good. It's just like, we've been struggling to find the right team fights and like find isolated team fights recently. Like uh, this, this whole split, we've been trying to like kind of play zone, I think, like even though we're playing like a team fighting comp and like that's what we need to do is just be looking for kills. And I think we've tried to like find way, like easy ways into zone without killing anybody. We're just basically playing too passive. And now we're starting to play a lot more aggressive. Uh, we're b banking on our team fighting skills a lot more. And I think I think our team fighting has always been good. And we're just kind of picking different fights now than we used to. Do you think the Rampart meta, because so many teams are just slamming into zones and setting up, allows you guys to take the more fights on edge and just like they're more sold out instead of getting third partied? Because like that fight right there, that looked like something that should have been third partied. And it, it, if you guys got the full reset off, it was kind of on the edge of zone. Um, was everyone just slammed up in Skyhook, or did it was it did it feel like it was pretty free to walk in after that? Uh, yeah, there there was like fifteen teams in Skyhook. There was literally like maybe like there was one other team on edge. I think it was Furia, the Climatizer team, was uh coming from Climatizer, but like they didn't even come near us. We ended up just pretty much walking in for free on that side. Like we didn't have to do anything after we after we won that building fight in that clip. We just walked in for free. I do think. Uh, a lot of like the lower end teams are just playing zone and just sitting in zone and that definitely helps us like be able to take isolated team fights. Like if there's like seven teams on edge, it's way harder to uh, like take team fights on edge if there's like more teams playing edge. Mm -hmm. Because Go okay, like, question. We, Going into today, did you think that you guys were going to get like hard griefed by by teams? I'm, I'm uh, generally I, I don't think I mean, I, I didn't assume we were. Like I thought there's always a chance I definitely didn't think E8 would give up wall, so they, they didn't land on us. They went into the uh, the first game, they landed armory. They didn't even triangle on the wall at all. They, they completely gave us the POI, which I was very surprised That doesn't by. make any sense. Yeah, that makes no sense. I didn't even know that. that That's the first I'm hearing of that. I thought they yeah, tried so to contest, so. The, yeah. the first game, they all landed the armory nuts, didn't go on the wall at all. Hal got all his loot. He got his loot route, like normal loot route, inside the wall. The second game, they just all three went into the wall, and so they, they did the same thing for the third game. They went into the wall. So they were just trying to, like, I think their strat was literally just to, like, grab the car and just rotate the zone instantly. Like, steal the, steal the car from north pad and just insta-rotate. And, yeah, it was very, very good for us. Because if they landed at wall or, like, tried to, like, 50-50 us RNG, we could have got RNG'd off spawn and just, like, died to bad gun loot. We had, like, plans to, like, counter that. But, like, if they had actually tried to fight us up top, that the game would have been so much harder and I don't think we would have won today. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because they, they contested you hard in scrims. They played scrims for the first time against you guys because they've always been dodging like that contest or whatever because they say it doesn't matter. And then they, they land on you guys. They win the contest 3-0. Everyone is like, oh man, what's going on here? Is that how that's going to be? And then they just do something completely different. Like it's, it's almost the whole comment of practice how you play. It just doesn't make any sense that you would win 3-0 and then choose to just give up the beacons. They give up everything. I mean... Uh, it just, I bet that I had to have thrown them off too. I had to have just thrown them off on what they were planning on doing it's, in game it's day decision. It's because it's scrims, dude. It's because it's scrims and no one cares, you know? Like, they're willing to take the contest in scrims because it's like there's nothing on the line, you know? But people are more afraid in LGS to take the contest, you know what I mean? Like, well, in scrims, damn. like, I'll give you an example. Damn. Like, in scrims, like, LG takes the fight on us every single game, right? But in LGS, they swerved away from us, like, at fish farms, you know? Like, they landed Gale Station. Like, they're just avoiding the fight. But, like, in scrims, they don't care because it's scrims. There's nothing on the line, right? So that's, I mean, that's what I would say.
You try to say low key. You try to say low key. Their hands are shaking, and when it comes when, when it matters well, the most, type of thing. I mean, <laughs> it's just they're just not willing to take the fifty-fifty, and you know I'm the not going to say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not, they talk yeah, a huge game. They talk a huge game about oh, they're going to contest. They don't care. They'll throw both. Blah blah blah. I've heard so much just for them to leave the POI on like game day. It just yeah. it doesn't make any sense at that point. Like, that, if, makes, if, that makes like, zero sense. Contest me, yeah. a worse team that you could actually win a POI instead of splitting a bad area with no beacon and then trying to find your way in after giving every single thing up in the main POI. Just that that just absolutely makes no sense to me. So let's not let's not give them an idea. They still, still play regional <laughs> finals, bro. They're gonna, be, they're gonna be in our lobby. I mean, so let's just, I uh, mean it's, yeah. it's it's more so like cool, them but... saying that you know, like they said, well, we're hard contesting TSM because that didn't make sense at first either, right? Like, mm -hmm. why would they hard contest TSM? They're not in a good spot for land. Like, why would they do that? And then they immediately like don't do that and it makes them even like look even worse because they just looked like scared or you know whatever else to contest them i don't know yeah and they they 3 would you guys here's the important piece of information they 3 would you guys right um in scrims what two days ago yesterday Verholz? yeah yeah that, is, that doesn't count though i was really tired that day <laughs> oh that's why it doesn't count okay no, gotcha it doesn't, it doesn't count Verhol's tired, not locked in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't count. Uh, for me, what Verhol's to say, don't give them ideas going to regional finals. Listen, Evan, you've been playing and fighting against them in scrims, and you probably know these guys well. I guess I'm open this to all three of you. You guys think they're absolutely going to change their tune here, especially after we're calling them out right now and contest you guys in regional finals? Who knows, dude? They're very unpredictable. I have no idea what they're going to do, bro. Like they might, they might pull out some like. I mean, their whole like game plan of like playing like a zone characters and land at the army is just so crazy to me. Like I would never could ever could have guessed they would do that. So like who knows? Like I don't know what they're gonna do. It didn't work that. What did they end up placing today? Yeah. Not sure. Um, I think twelfth. I, I want to say twelfth. Twelfth guys. Thanks Pizza for the delivery. <laughs> Pizza delivery. Is that reps? <laughs> is it already? No answer. Yeah, it's gotta be tempo. Reps, you gotta be Tell him he's gotta put his face in here, bro. Yo, put your face in here. What do you say? Other way. Yeah, 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 there yeah. he is. What's up? What's up, Reps? <laughs> Happy birthday, bro. You're looking good. <laughs> tempo. This is actually comedy. We're having a this pizza party in Evan's room for yeah. the dub. <laughs> now that they're going to hit up Chuck E. Exactly. Cheese later tonight as well to celebrate. <laughs> with the night with the, with the well, 20 year old. Yeah. I thought I'd be here in a little bit. Listen, I, the, question number I want to ask them some questions. Uh, reps. Bring reps in. Bring reps in if you don't mind, Evan. Yo, bring reps. reps in. Yeah, Paul, Paul wants to talk to you. You want to talk? <laughs> Dude, you want me to give him the headset so I can hear you? Uh, no, no, you can, you can repeat the question. Repeat the question. Uh, about the question. team fight. You, you said he went huge in the team fight at Grandma's house. That was like the difference maker for you guys. It was the most important fight. I want, I want him to break down that fight from his perspective. What do you do? I can't hear it at all. He wants you to break down the, the fight at the building where you were like behind the rampart wall and, and uh, like the, the beacon oh. building. Basically, basically what happened is I was holding inside the building so they couldn't get there and they dropped off of high so ground. Sad. We had Cyrilty down and we saw that. And then Hal and Evan, I'm pretty sure, took a play for height. Mm -hmm. And they, he kind of like forced all of them into my OS. And I was just like sitting on a rampart shield just shitting on them completely. <laughs> yeah. He was a seer inside the building that was just basically holding it down. Yeah, Jordan yeah, took no so. damage in that fight. He literally took zero yeah, damage. We, so he just clutched we funneled them into him. That was so clutch. And the Bangor so just clutch. like got, he got dropped on and he was like, fuck, I guess I have to push inside. And he was just like against the rampart shield. And so it was over. Last that. one last one for reps. Last one for reps. I want to keep him. Keep another, another question for you. Uh, well, last question. He heard Hal on this show last week or two weeks ago say he doesn't think y'all are going to qual. You guys probably saw that clip. You guys must have heard him. I want him to tell me like, why is, what was wrong with Hal's mental then? 
what's the difference now? And does have reps think they're going to qual here? Like what's going on with your guys' mental? And he knows hell better than anybody, right? Yeah. So Fallout's asking if like, or what, what did you think with, what did you think was up with Hal's mental? Uh, like last weekend when he said we weren't going to qual and like just the mental of the whole team. Like what, what did you think that was all about? Do you think that was just Hal being Hal or like? Honestly, I, <clears throat> I think it's just Hal being Hal, but you know, like, I never give up until it's over. I was yes. telling the boys, you know, never give up until it's over because we always have a chance to come back. And, I mean, if anyone's going to come back, in my opinion, it's going to be TSM, so. Let's yeah. go! Tell us that let's go. You can say <laughs> yeah, like a hype. The plot armor, man. I think everyone was sure. convinced that. I think everyone was convinced besides how that you guys were still in a really good spot. I was like, dude, you guys just got to get top three to first place and you're in a great spot to qualify. And then not to mention every other team doing poorly that needed to, so. You guys got a little bit of breathing room, but obviously that's not the end goal. Like you guys don't want to barely squeak by. You got another big week coming up, so. Right. You're good. Yeah. Tell us to tell us to thank you, man, and happy birthday. Well, thank you. Yep. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget that part. Important. Gotcha. Just important part. How, was that part of the low key? Like the, the mental obviously wasn't there. Uh, the vibes weren't there with Hal. It was Hal being Hal, whatever. I guess someone said in, in chat. Watch Hal's apology about that. It sounds, it sounds like he actually apologized on the stream about that. I never saw that clip. I'd love to, to find that clip if we can. Maybe even pull it up here if we can. Someone link it in chat. But with that said, did like going out to dinner for Reps' birthday, you guys all live together. Did you guys sit him down and have a conversation? Was there anything like that or you just you just you just you just locked in? Honestly, no, there wasn't really anything like that. We kind of just like kept chugging along. Like like whenever someone like whenever Hal gets really mad like that or just like says something like that, it usually just goes away after like one day. It's usually like a temporary thing. So you know, we never, like, really have had to sit down and, like, talk to him about that or be, like, trying to, like, give him hope or anything. Because after, like, a day or two, like, he's back to normal, I'd say. And he's positive again. Like, he, he's trying his hardest, still grinding. Like, it's usually, it's usually not an issue. Like, yeah, it's, like, a super negative thing to say. But, like, it's also in the heat of the moment. It was the same day that we that we did poorly. And, like, the next day, he's, like, literally back to normal. And it's, like, I don't know, you just wait, wait out that one day that, like, we do bad. And drops. We're, we're back. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it showed. Um, drop Snipe. I want your guys' take on this. Snipe, well, you played with Hal. You obviously know him well. And then Drop, I want to get your take too. You're, well, you're like it's pure as a, one of the big streamers. To me, it's hilarious because when I heard that Evan was going to commit to this stream today, I was like, yeah, he's confident. I was like, there's no way he'd pre-commit <laughs> to this without having full confidence that his team is going to perform or do well. And like I said, like I was a part of TSM. I, you know, we had days where we were in 15th after day one of tournaments or, or whatever it was, and we'd come back and we'd get top three. Or we'd have these massive comebacks. I mean, it just... I mean, this is the whole point that I was talking about. Like, getting, griefing TSM this week would have been a smart thing for teams to do just because, like, you don't want to play them on land. Like, you don't want them to go to land. There's always a chance that they can win. It's, you know, if you want to kind of like, kick them while they're down, in a sense, instead of, like, giving them that opportunity to get the big first place like they got today because they're a, a huge momentum-based team. Dropped? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know... Hal is definitely like a very emotional person, you know, I've known him for a very long time and, you know, I mean, it was kind of the same story with before the land that they literally won, he was saying how he wanted to replace his teammates and fi like find a new team, you know, so I mean, he's definitely like said things in the past similar to like that kind of thing where he's emotional, you know, upset and but it sounds like, you know, that he says those things but doesn't mean them and kind of comes back to normal after a couple of days. So I definitely saw that and like, you know, I don't know. You know, it's not a good mindset to have, but at the same time, if he just, you know, comes back from it after a day or two, it's, you know, it's not really a huge deal, I would say. That's the thing, though. He didn't come back after a day or two. He then, a week later, tweeted that he's going to be taking a bit of a break. I mean, that's a big 
thing from this week, a big piece of news from this week, we'd be remiss to not talk about. So, Verholz, I guess final word on this topic, that tweet. Did you expect him to tweet that? Did he share it with you in advance he was going to tweet that? Were you surprised like the rest of us? And then, of course, he was streaming the next day, I think, playing Realm with Zero and Rambo and them. But uh, what was that tweet all about? So I, th- I think what caused that tweet was a, uh, a bad day of Realm. I think <laughs> a bad day of Realm will literally like just change you, change <laughs> you as a, a person. Killer. It's start, a mental yeah, you start, killer. You start doubting your skills. You're like, wait, wait, have I sucked this whole time? Like... <laughs> Like you just start, you start thinking so negative. Like if you do bad in realm, because the, the thing about realm is like, you tell yourself in realm that, like you, like you're responsible for everything that happens in every game you play. And it's like if you have a bad day, it's like, oh dang, I didn't get unlucky. I just suck. It's like I think how might have been thinking that. I don't know. I know he had a bad day at realm. I've had bad days at realm, and like, bro, I had a, I had like a day of realm where like I played I played for like an hour and I had like ten losses, bro. It was so, like just horrible. And I had to end my stream early because I was so mad and I, I didn't want to rage queue. And just keep playing and start throwing like games. Like, I had to end my stream early. Like, no, nothing in Apex has ever done that to me except for Realm. Like, literally, my mental was just crushed that day. I did so bad. Like, I think, I think honestly, Realm probably made him want to tweet that. Like, literally, in my experience, Realm, that day, Realm will just ruin you. Like, it is, it is so bad. I'm so glad you're bringing that up. Um, of course, drops. Snipe, I want to get your guys' take. Sorry to interrupt here. Uh, we, have, we have a clip ready, but uh, that is a perfect setup. And foreshadowing for two topics coming later in the show. One, we're discussing Realm and um, you know, Realm status in the game. And then uh, two, we're discussing kind of the audio, the state of the game. Is it as bad as it seems? The whole community reacted and blew up at Respawn. Like it was Respawn's fault and Apex's fault that Hal tweeted that. That he was like, it's so the game's so bad that Hal's pissed. And it wasn't even the game, it was Realm you're saying. So I'm interested to, to, to talk about that more. But look, we actually have a clip ready. Hal's apology, whoever just posted that in the chat, thank you. I, I personally felt defeated, and I know I was being a demi-downer this entire time, right? And I, you know, I shouldn't be doing that as a teammate or as a, a teammate or a leader, but I I should I should probably said this before I, I muted up, but I, I want to just say out loud, like, I don't think we would win today if without them, to be honest. Like, they yeah. they stepped up so much. Like, it was it was actually insane. And I'm just happy they're my teammates because I was, you know, the one that, you know, like kind of losing hope and everybody else, you know, kind of still stuck around. And I, you know, owe them everything for that. So, yeah. I'll see you. Wow. Evan, your first time seeing that, right? That was today. Yeah, that was today. He just wrapped up a stream, I think. Yeah, um, that's awesome to hear. I think I think another thing <laughs> that helps them saying that is uh, getting first place today. Definitely makes makes being positive super easy. But uh, yeah, it's definitely good to hear that. Um, I think he he knows like when he gets really really mad and like says something he does he regrets. And, Did he uh, buy the pizza? I don't think so. No. no. I think, well, <laughs> dude, it's usually minus tempo. Usually minus tempo buys his pizza because he's like just watching us play. So like he knows when to order it. Like he, like we we have to like order it like while we're playing or something. It's usually harder, and so he just orders it. It's logistics is why you're defending yeah. him. It's logistics. logistics. It's not it's because logistics. he's a bad person. Listen, how how's generous? How's generous? He he does plenty of generous things. Like you don't have to worry about that. Like he's he's done more than he has to. <laughs> Dropped. Any thoughts? No, I mean I don't have any thoughts on that. I think yeah. that uh you know definitely good that he uh said that and cleared that up and you know because i'm sure you know that yeah that makes evan feel good to see that so yeah and i you know i'm gonna make uh, a bit of a statement or a take here i, I, tr- I pride myself in trying to play the host role let, let y'all shine but 
Um, one thing I will say is it was a full-blown intervention. I mean, again, Bruce, I don't know if you're watching the show live when Hal was on or, or what, but Nocturnal Snipedown and I, the stream turned into a full-blown intervention. You can go watch it on Spotify or YouTube. I mean, his, his mental was so bad. He basically said, it's over. We're not going to qual. Um, I've never seen that from Hal before, ever. It was different than anything I've seen, especially knowing what we know from Hal and TSM. And when you were on the team, Snipedown, or even before that, Valver Lully, how they clutched up when it matters, and they always found a way to turn things around. The fact that he didn't even roll that or account that or, or, or factor that as a possibility is kind of crazy. So I will say true character is defined in times of adversity. And when he faced adversity, you know, obviously he went full, full tilt. Um, I get it. He's emotional. He wears his heart in his sleeve. But I love hearing him say in that clip that as a leader, it's unacceptable that he did that. I love that he's learning from it. But again, that's really easy to say, like you said, Evan, when you guys got the first place finish today, you know, what would, what would his mentality be if that wasn't the case? So I hope he learns from this. And uh, I'd love you guys. Let's wrap up this conversation. I want to belabor a point. But any final thoughts on that? Snipe? Maybe you, you wrap us up here. Any final thoughts on that? You've been doing this for a long time in esports, man. I mean, not really. I mean, that, that's the whole point of being a team. You know, it's a relationship. You got to be able to pick your teammates up when they're down. I mean, after, I mean, we were down after our first game today and we were still hyping each other up, trying to, trying to get back into the mindset. And I think, you know, that's the whole point of why you build teams the way you have them. I mean, we, I built my team because I wanted my teammates to, to share the same type of drive, whether it's, you know, practicing or if we're in a bad, you know, had a bad couple games, we can pick each other up, lift each other up. And sometimes, some teammates have to do that more than others, but I mean, like we said, like TSM plot armor here. So they had a great week. I think this is just going to be a huge mental reset and they just can focus up on, on regionals without having to know that they can only get first place to, to qualify. Like I, I, this, this is just a, a, I think it's a great thing overall. Agreed. And uh, it's a, it'd be quite the Cinderella story in TSM fashion. If they get first place in pro league and then somehow show up in the, in the match point final, have to get like a top three or top five or something. Uh, we'll figure out what that overall, uh, the math is after tomorrow's pro league, oh, yeah. obviously optics can be playing in that. And on that note, let's transition topics here. I'd love to, this next topic, I'm throwing to you for a loop here, Chrono, apologies. State of optic, uh, you know, optic gaming discussion drops. You guys have looked so damn good. And I got to use this as a formal apology. I was uh, in my first watch party ever. I was asked to give hot takes and I was just throwing hot takes out. You know, that's what I do to try and stir up conversation for y'all. And I said, dropped to Optic will be a failure. I'm not, I gotta own it. I gotta own it like a man. And I was entirely wrong. Y'all have been so locked in. It's insane. What's going so well for your team? I knocked in Skittle Cakes. I would never doubt them. It's not that I doubted you, but coming in as a brand new team, I wasn't sure what you brought to the squad that maybe Dupe didn't bring. It's kind of co-IGL originally with Skittle. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you. What's been working so damn well and making my words here, man? Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I think I get slept on quite a bit. A lot of people yep. probably don't know what I bring to the teams that I've been on, you know. Another thing, too, is, like, people don't even realize, like, the teams that I've been on maybe because I wasn't as big of a name back then, you know. Like, I, you know, I played yep. with Sweet for at the beginning of Apex. We won tournaments together. Then I played with Sweet and Snipe. We won tournaments together, you know. And then I took a little bit of a break from competing because of just, you know, the state of uh, – Apex competitive and also COVID, yada, yada. Built my stream up, came back to competitive on SSG. You know, I was never, we were never the best team on SSG, but we were always consistently, you know, like a top five NA team, I would say. Yep. You guys are criminally and, underrated on SSG. Yeah, criminally underrated. Yeah, exactly, yep. yeah. And, you know, I think that people are starting to realize that, you know, with me and Frex both going our separate ways, but both still being at the top, you know what I mean? And, yeah, I mean, it feels it feels good now to. It's kind of like people realize how, 
you know, how much I bring to a team. Because, yeah, I, I could definitely see why people would say that if you don't really watch my gameplay, you know. That's right. I would say that other pros in the game know, know like, what I bring to a team and also know how good of a player I am. But, yeah, I mean, I, I understood it. And I, I just didn't really care about, honest, like, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really give a shit about people saying that we weren't going to be a good team. I was just going to prove it. it you know, on game day, and we've been proving on game day, you know, other than the LG contest, we've literally, like, dominated, you know, it's like, the LG contest is kind of holding us back a little bit, like, the one thing I'm, I'm most, like, sad about is we could be up there with XSET fighting for first, which we still are, I'm not saying that we're not, but it's definitely holding us back a little bit from fighting from, for, like, fighting for first with XSET, because we have to worry about LG, right, like, so, yeah, I would I would say that, uh, you know, people are starting to really open their eyes now to what I bring to a team. Damn, brother. That's powerful. I will be the first to humbly admit I was one of the people that slept on you and slept on the move over, and I will apologize. I'll eat my words here live on stream because um, you're right. Look, I, I, I don't have time to watch every single player's stream. You know, I try to catch as many as I can. I try and watch the big tournaments and the big broadcasts. <laughs> And if you don't watch your stream, you don't realize what you bring to, the, to, to squads. SSG was criminally underrated. And I think actually that's a byproduct of the ALGS kind of broadcast. And I was kind of obviously a big part of that. Just being so focused on the TSMs, the NRGs, the big names that we didn't really watch SSG much on the main broadcast. And we didn't really see what you guys were doing and cooking. We didn't do many listenings with y'all. And you were always performing. And it wasn't until like the tail end of your guys' era as a team that we gave you the respect you deserve as a top five, maybe even top three at one point team in NA. So I'll own that 1,000%. Kudos to you, dude. The only difference between Optic Gaming not qualifying in split two playoffs, split one playoff, sorry, six months ago, three months ago, and being a you know top 15 team and now is you. And that is a testament to your work ethic. Kudos to you. You deserve all the respect in the world. I'm glad you now have a platform to build that respect. Snapped on Verholz. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't think it was going to be as dominant of a team as they've shown so far. Uh, I thought, I mean, I didn't think it was like a, a super lateral move, but in terms of like characters they play and the role exactly. of like filling IGL uh, or co-IGL, I think the biggest thing for me was that, I mean, I've, I've teamed with Drop before. We had a lot of success. Um, I think it just brings a lot of stability to the roster. There is no fluctuate. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, on a pretty much guaranteed every week basis. You know, he puts in the work, he puts in the hours. You saw, I mean, early on that they weren't a dom like as dominant of a team. And then they started playing ranked together every day. They started grinding every day. I don't know what, like we did some contest practice versus them. Like there, there was constant, we need to grow. We need to improve. Like the, the hunger was there. And when you have that type of, of hunger and the drive and everyone's putting in the work, then the results are going to come with it. And I mean, that's why Dropped has been on success. The o I think the only team that hasn't had success was the ranked is harder, and he's playing with like zero and rogue. And, and those are two people that haven't, like, he was taking a step back from comp, it comes right back in, and he's just teams over the SSG, good roster once again. So I think in terms of consistency and stability, he's up there with, I guess, the, the other top players who have been from day one. Rolls? I definitely think Dropped has like influenced his team to uh, like be a, be a bit more professional. Like, so drop drop is someone who always plays, he always plays rank. He's a kind of a rank grinder, and I think he's influenced his team to play the game a lot more than they used to, because uh, you know drop drop is just known to put in crazy ranked hours, and that definitely inspires inspires your teammates. Like Hal Hal plays the game a lot. He inspires me and reps to play more. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things is like, um, you know drop drop getting both of his teammates to play rank with him and just play play the game more. You know.
makes that big of a difference. And well, you team with those guys, right? Oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. No, for me, like for me personally, I I don't always want to just get on the game and find a rank squad with people that I don't know. Like I I want to at least vibe with the people I'm playing with or have like a goal to improve with my teammates. So if my teammates are playing the game, it makes me be like, yo, hit me up when you get on. I'll get on with you. Like it makes me want to play more. And I think, you know, Dupe was obviously, he talked about how he was going through stuff, was going to take a step back regardless. So him not playing, I'm sure, also influences teammates. They weren't doing mm -hmm. as well. And it was just kind of like a, a mental, you know, we're not we're not putting in as much time. But then, you know, you get the, sometimes it just takes a one-player swap. Like the player, the player could be worse or much better, but just the one-player swap is just like a quick refresh of, all right, like back to work, it's time to, to, time to start up, so... The thing is, like, yeah. I do feel like uh, I, th I think your personality flips in. Uh, like, I swear, all all three of you guys have these like deep, kind of just like monotone, like dry dry <laughs> voices. I don't know what it is, dude. You have some like natural voice energy. Definitely a <laughs> definitely a bonus. Like, it's like a little magical buff right there. No one ever talks about the voice, the voices. Uh, the voice energy buff. Yeah. I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, Eric, I mean, you know that one, right? I mean, we definitely work well together. Like, I would say that. Um. I'm, I think that, I, that one of my, like, strongest, like, attributes as a player is that I, I'm very, like, I can fit in with, like, any group of people, you know what I mean? Like, I can fit in with any team, and, you know, I would say that we just have, yeah, we have a really good synergy together. We, we work really well together. Our comms, our comms at the start were fucking really bad, and I kind of, <laughs> like, worked on that with them because, you know, they... Dude, you know, Skittles comms, I'm telling you, yeah. Skittles comms, the guy different. doesn't speak. Uh, he'll be doing some crazy horizon flank, he'll Bro. be out in the nowhere. When we when we did contest practice versus you guys, I was like, these guys are all on their own, just hit, hitting their own angles. And then, oh, yeah. I, I mean, like constantly just taking 1v1s, and, I, and we were just we would just double swing something and catch one of you off. I was like, man, these guys got to figure it out, because I feel like so much is going unsaid. That's yeah. for what it seemed like from my perspective. No, 100% it was. That you're, you're completely right. Like... And we worked on that, you know, we worked on that together and now our comms are fucking insane. Like, you know, that is a, that is a very like good thing with a team. It's like when you have everyone is like calmly talking, you know, when because, you, you know, like hectic comms, like the team that jumps out at me is like very hectic comms is like meat lovers. I don't know if you guys have heard their comms. Mm -hmm. They're like literally screaming at each other. Like it's like insane. They're just like, you know, two like controller players that are very young and then tech and they're just all screaming at each other. It's like ours are the, like the polar opposite. I would say that I'm the loudest person on our team, and I don't know. I, I don't think that I, like, scream. Like, you know, like, I definitely I definitely raise my voice, but I think that I raise my voice, like, in a way that I've had my teammates in the past tell me, like, inspires, like, confidence in them, you know what I mean? So, like, we're, our comms are definitely way, way better than they were at the start, for sure. Right. You know what's crazy to me is, like, when I used to play with uh, Skittle Cakes and Dupe, like Skittle, Skittle was always the one telling us to to calm more. Like his comms were like probably, I, definitely I'd say the best. He had the best comms in the team when we played. And like hearing hearing about how quiet he is now compared to like him telling us to calm more back then is just so crazy to me. Um, yeah. yeah he, well, he'd, he'd always be telling us to like like calm certain things that we just wouldn't even think of, like certain crosses or like info, blah blah blah. Yeah. Now I I think that. Uh... I don't want to like ramble on, but like one of the biggest That's things good. like about our team so far is, you know, they, they went from being, you know, like the, uh, the top team, right. And like knock talked about a little bit on wigs podcast is like, they went from being like, he, in his head, they felt like untouchable, you know what I mean? And then they kind of got like, they felt like human, you know, last split, they didn't make land. They weren't playing as great. Even before that at champs, they didn't play as great. So like, I think that 
another huge uh, stepping stone for us as a team has been knocked and Skittle, like building their confidence back up. You know what I mean? And now they're back to that confidence of, you know, feeling, you know, like we feel like we're untouchable right now. We feel like we're like, you know, the best team. So. Hence why you're just running around flying and dropping at teams nilly willy trying to gatekeep teams from landing and going into the tournament, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, strategic land gatekeeping. Y'all are doing it so well. Just to wrap up the optic topic, I completely agree. Full circle. First thing I said is I have so much respect for Noct and Skittle as a, as a duo, as a team of two, as just incredibly talented players. I think two of the best individually mechanically gifted players in the game, especially when they're motivated and they're grinding. And uh, you bring in the professionalism, getting them passionate about the game again, grinding the game again, basically unlocked them or unleashed them, and it's showing. So I agree you guys are scary. Uh, moving on, though, strategic land gatekeeping. It's a big discussion. And I don't know. I don't think the ALGS broadcast has done it justice in kind of talking about it. I don't, I don't think, um, you know, the folks that casted last week didn't even, I, don't, I think, realize why you guys are dropping fish farms and contesting LG. Like, why are they not dropping down beast? I don't get it. Um, it's because you guys want to keep LG out. Uh, so talk about that. You're the first team to have done it, I believe, dropped. And now I, I think, uh, who, who else did it? I'm blanking right now. Another team did it soon after. Was uh, it Fear? Optic, not Fear. No, Optic did it last, or two splits ago to uh, two Sentinels. Splits ago. To Sentinels, yeah. Yep. I saw another team did it this probably too, but nonetheless, um, what's, the, what's the thought process there, Dropped? Um, you guys are literally trying to keep LG out. Is it as simple as that, or is there any more to it? No, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to LG. Like, that's the thing, um, is outside of the, outside of the competition, like, I'm great friends with Yanya. I'm great friends with them. Like, you know, we're cool with each other, but at the end of the day, they decided to come Lava City Mod, you know, and they're trying to take, you know, they're trying to land at our POI. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to do our best to make sure that they're not at land to grief our games. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much like there's no, there's not, there's nothing like it's not too deep. Like, it's not like we hate them. I hate It's not like I'm going to be on here saying I hate LG. They just simply drop at Lava City and Mod which they've actually said now that they aren't, but, you know, they could just be doing that to uh, call for land and then come back, come land. So that's kind of our mentality going into it because we know that if we were in their shoes and, you know, we would do the same thing. We'd be like, hey, guys, like, you know, we're not coming anymore. Don't worry, like, you know, and then just come back <laughs> and land. So that's kind of like the situation with the whole landing on LG at Fish Farms and everything. Pretty simple. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's business for you guys, nothing personal for them, trying to keep them out, just like it's business for them if they were to drop for you, on you guys at LAN and change their minds. You wouldn't, yep. you know, you wouldn't blame them. You just want to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, Dark Zero was the other team. Thank you, Jarvis and uh, Lord Vader in the chat. Uh, Dark Zero is the other team that it was a complete nightmare. You guys saw Nice Temple's tweet. Uh, DZ didn't go with their normal drop spot. I think it was Fragment and ended up going to Lava Siphon, dropping on, I think, LG, who went Lava Siphon to avoid you guys dropped, if I remember correctly. And then... It was, and then who was it? Uh, was it uh, Oxygen or another team that went somewhere else? It was kind of an absolute I think uh, cycle. There. It was yeah. Oxygen. Snipe that, Rose. I want your guys' take on this because Evan, especially you, Snipe, let's start with you, but Evan, you, 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 you pile on because uh, you're the one with the target on your back. I mean, no one wants you guys to qual because they know what you guys can do at land. I'm surprised it didn't happen today. So I'd love your thoughts on if this is fair game or not. But Snipe, down, uh, break down what we're seeing right now and if you think it's fair game. I mean, it's completely fair game. This is a competition. I, that's why I thought, honestly, teams were going to try and grief TSM harder or E8 was going to land on them. I, I think this week, TSM getting first place is going to deter people from trying to land on them because they have actual an actual cushion now. If they were, if they were on the borderline like 10th, 11th, and you know going into the final week, I absolutely think we could have seen one, two, or three teams all purposely trying to keep them out from making it to the land. Um, I mean, if I was in a position... And who knows? I need to talk to my team about this and figure out if there is an opportunity for us because we don't really 
like Lava Fisher. Uh, it's uh, or not Fisher. Um, wait, yeah, it is Lava Fisher. From where we're landing on World's Edge. So we're trying to talk about team comps. You know, is this Rampart meta causing us to have a character issue, or you know, we need to go back to the drawing board and you know, we need to figure out POIs because. On one week, we were landing Climatizer when Furia wasn't there. On the other week, we were landing Lava Fisher when GE wasn't there. So right now, we don't really have a POI on World's Edge. We need to discuss, you know, are there teams that we might want to take the POI from? And there's just a lot that we have to go to the drawing board for. So, um, you know, anything's on the table at that point because we're looking out for ourselves. And, you know, if I can stay friends with people outside of the game, then that's great. But, you know, we're all enemies when the game starts. Well said. Um, the way I see it is like I think uh, people like haven't been like targeting people to like not qualify for land so far purely just because of sportsmanship and just not wanting to like mm. be seen as a team that griefs. But I do think that like landing on teams and gatekeeping teams is probably the best way to play and like the most optimal way to play if you're one of the high end teams like on the top of the leaderboard. Because the, the thing is like. All the teams that are doing super well, they have so much freedom to literally do whatever they want. That there's like literally, other than not wanting to be seen as like a griefing team or just like maybe ruining your reputation. Like if like for instance, Exet is 99 points right now. They could literally skip the last few weeks and still qual. That's 12 games that they could pick one team and just land on them. Like there's nothing <laughs> anyone can do about it. Like I, I think that's that's probably the best way to play. But people just don't do it out of like not wanting to be seen as griefing or like bad sportsmanship. But, like, you know, we, we could have, like, like imagine if Xset and Dark Zero both just, like, landed on Scython, like, obviously not colluding, but, like, they both just wanted to get us out. Like, they could. They could for free, like, and nothing we could do about it other than just complain on Twitter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, teams, could, teams could definitely do that, and I think what's holding it back is just reputation and sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Interesting. And Eric's shaking his head. Do you disagree, Eric, about the sportsmanship piece? Yeah, because I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, like... The goal is to win tournaments. Like I'm a, I'm a professional player. If I was like a content creator and I wanted to go up against my friends, sure. Like, I mean, why why would I go out of my way to grief them? But like, I, I don't want to go against Optic at LAN. I don't want to go against Xset at LAN. I don't want to go against TSM, NRG, all these teams that have proven that they can be consistent. So if there's a chance to get them out and have give myself a higher percent chance of performing well on LAN and and have one less team to worry about, then like, yeah, that's that's what's going through my head that's my goal like I, i'm i'm here to win i'm not here to make best friends like i don't know i don't know like that that's just the way i view it i want to go down i want to be the freaking best so that's how i look at it I yeah think, temple's bringing I up think, a good point oh, sorry, i think go ahead, so, i think something that holds people back from doing that as well is you kind of start like a feud you know what i mean yes in a way temple with, that, the same with thing. that team and it's like you know if a team like I don't know, let's just say Xset, right? Just for whatever reason, like Xset, they just decided, all right, we're going to grief TSM out of land because we don't want them to be there. You know what I mean? That starts a feud with TSM, and if Xset is ever in that position, you you know, you like, you can bet that TSM is going to do the same exact thing back to Xset. You know what I mean? And that's what people probably want to avoid. Also, you know, with, with TSM, it's there is like the TSM effect where if you do something along those lines, you know, you're probably going to be getting a lot of hate. And that's actually something that is pretty interesting outside of the game. Some teams don't even want to do something like that to TSM because of all the hate they'll receive and, like, how that would affect their mentals as well as, you know, them losing potential, like, a little bit of support from those TSM, maybe some of those TSM fans 
You know, it's like Zach Mazur always talks about it. His his mom, I think, got a death threat or something on Facebook Jeez. when they were contesting TSM. So like, there's like actually external factors as well, especially with a team like TSM. You know. Wow, wow. I would not have thought about that side of it, but I do. I do, I do not that deep. I mean, personal family member that I didn't realize that was happening. That's unacceptable. But you're right. I mean, look at Nasky and uh, the Kansas City Pioneers. You know, going into the split one playoffs, uh, they were getting absolutely harassed by TSM fans for contesting the wall, and, that, and it wasn't just like the fact that they were losing or whatever. It was purely just the, the hate from the TSM fans that kept them staying there because they wanted to be toxic, but then got them eventually leaving. So that's an interesting take. Um, I think it's fascinating, personally. Uh, again, as a, someone who purely wants Apex to grow as an esport for the entertainment of Apex and for the health of Apex. It's a really unique thing to this esport. Eric and I have done a lot of different esports, watched, casted, played, it's competed, etc. You don't see that really in any other title, that dynamic. Uh, so at a minimum, you guys all agree, it's entertaining, it's unique, and it creates storylines and discussions like this, right? I mean, that, that, that part right there is, is, is healthy, but uh, the death threats, I think we all agree, absolutely unacceptable. Yep. And, and on the note too, one, you know, one way to look at it, again, I'm interested to see what the chat thinks, what the community thinks. Let us know what you think on Twitter and socials as well. But is it fair game? I think my take after hearing you all talk and debate and disagree a little bit is dropped if it's strategic land gatekeeping, like what you're doing, trying to keep a team out to claim that POI or ensure that POI is not contested. If it's strategy driven, I think that's fair game. If it's, and Eric, this is where I maybe slightly disagree with you. If it's purely like, I don't want TSM to compete on land because I'm scared of them. I think that it crosses the line just a tiny, tiny bit on the unsportsmanlike or something side of that line. With that said, it is still strategy, I guess. I mean, but at the end of the day, like that part is less strategic. It's more just, I mean, I guess it's still technically strategic. It's less in-game strategic. It's more macro strategic than micro. I mean, the goal for me, like Pro League is barely any financial reward. You know, we put we put out all this time, like there's really is no financial reward, but you go to, you go to LAN and TSM just won $100,000 each. So, it, that's the the goal is to win land so if you can if you like in my eyes i'm like preventing the best teams making it to land is, is about the most strategic it can get like i mean if you're like a 25th place team and you're like oh i'm just gonna land on tsm for the lulz yeah you should honestly be kicked out of the games that, that's just straight up griefing but if the if the if there is like a lot of strategy behind it and you know maybe there's pois that you want and there's teams that are on the fringe of making land like that then it's totally worth it to try and Contest. I mean, there's a lot that goes that goes behind it, but I mean, I can I can see the positives, the negatives. I mean, you're always going to get you know haters for making plays like that, especially against an, an org like TSM. You know, they have the most supporters of, of any org by far. So, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, my goal isn't to win pro league. My goal is to win land. Yep, that's fair. Let's end that topic on that final thought. Great discussion though, and wow, match point finals will be interesting. No one really targeted E8, even didn't after 3 0 them yesterday because Verholz was tired, apparently. Uh, didn't even contest today or target TSM today. Will that change in the match point final? Well, uh, Eric maybe hinted that you guys want a different POI on World's Edge. So will FaZe make that decision a lot? Goes into the strategy here. Let's transition discussion to state of the meta. Um, we saw Rampart, Bangalore. We saw Loba back on display today. Three, four Loba teams. We haven't seen Loba really as, as, as popular uh, as of late. And then, of course, TSM, a couple other teams are still running the good old, old trusted Horizon, Valk. Um, uh, Seer, uh, obviously, you know, Cat and Seer still in effect now that, as long as triangles exist in the game. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on Rise of Rampart, meta in general, and then Snackdown. We actually also did have a question about how much your coach has impacted you, and you said you're going to go back to the drawing board. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But state of the meta, state of the characters, and, and, uh, and, and where things are at with Legends right now. Drop, kick it off. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I think every single pro is all voiced their, you know, this dislike with the Seer Catalyst meta. It's just, just not much skill involved. You know, you're just shooting diamonds through a wall. It's, you know, pretty stupid. Uh, I think everyone agrees on that. Um, in terms of Rampart, though, I think Rampart's a very interesting character. I think that, I think that there would be more Ramparts at land than there will be online, just because of the fact that. You know, on land, more teams alive. Those walls are going to be very crucial. You know, to holding a spot down, holding space down. So I think that'll be interesting. But overall, yeah, Catalyst Seer sucks. That's probably the the biggest point on the meta. Do you think Gibby nuke or uh, Gibby Rampart is going to be like a land comp? Gibby Rampart like Loba? Because we saw I saw a lot more Lobas today than I was used to seeing. We were shambles on loot. Uh, from Lava Fisher, and we just I kept thinking to myself like man a Loba would go big for us right now But I mean Loba Loba's a character that gets worse the more Lobas there are in the game because then all of a sudden everyone's loot's taken So I mean it's it's one of those like power picks where if you're the only one you can get to zone fast You have a good POI. It's a great pick um, But I, I thought I was and we talked about this with Mac last week, but the Rampart Gibby comp is a very strong defensive comp that is hard it's hard to push i mean what crypto becomes a, a pick after that are we gonna see fuses because of all these ramparts i am so tired of rampart i actually can't stand that character so if there's a way to counter it then just let me know <laughs> uh i mean i'm not gonna say too much but there definitely is counters to it um i would say that the gibby i don't know i i personally you know, I don't really understand the teams that run no seer. I think if you're playing hard zone, then sure, you can get away with it probably if you're just kind of like bunkering down playing hard zone. But I know for my team, we're not going to be caught on edge against a seer team with no seer. So that would never, we would never get off a of seer. The character's just too, too damn strong, you know. But I do think that there is a lot of capability with Rampart Gibby. You know, I kind of saw it today with uh, Mac and Naughty. They, you know, they bubbled down. Um, Naughty looked a little panicked on Rampart. He wasn't really putting too good of walls down, but I, I can definitely see the logic where you bubble forward and then kind of start placing walls to guarantee the walls will stay up. So I could see the logic there with the comp. It definitely could work out. So, Evan? Not, we're not a zone team. It's like, I don't really know what it's like to like rotate the zone and have to put <laughs> walls and, you know, all that. But I definitely think not playing Seer is kind of troll. Like one, you're giving up. You're giving up the the UAV scan, the beacon, which is like I think it's so so strong and so so slept on, being able to see every single team in the map and like not having that is just so crazy to me. Um, like Gibby, Gibby Rampart Loba, I think you have you have like no like rotational ability really. Um, yeah, you can like kind of like if the zone's next to you, you can basically be indestructible with Rampart walls and Gibby bubble, but like you can't rotate the zone quickly. You don't have Valkult unless they play, know, Valk, they play Valk with it. It's, a, it's Valk, uh, Gibby, Rampart. You mean Landmills, right? Valk, yeah. Valk, Landmills dropped? Yeah, yeah, Valk, Gibby, Rampart. That's the comp they play. They didn't run it today, though. They were, they were playing Loba on World's Edge today. Loba, yeah, playing Loba, Loba Rampart. No, but no, uh, no Gibby, Seer. right? Yeah, it was, no Gibby. Yeah, oh, they were, I think okay. the yeah, it was Valk, yeah. Loba, Rampart. Yeah. Rampart. Did they run, did, and I missed the first three games because I uh, was, was too busy uh, taking care of personal errands. Did they run Gibby on Stormpoint? Probably not, right? Yes, they did. Oh, they did. Yeah. So they ran Gibby on Stormpoint. You think it's a map-based thing, or did it not go so well and they switched? I would assume it's a more of a probably a POI-based thing, probably mm. more than anything, because they're playing from um, NRGs. They're I think staging Mirage today, right? 
Yeah, so they're so they're probably a little less loot, just hard playing zone, kind of like similar how NRG does. And playing Loba allows them to rotate even earlier because then they can just Loba loot, right? So that's I think it's probably more of a POI based thing than even than a map thing. Roll the coach. Roll the coach. I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Drop. You guys do not do not have a coach on Optic, right? No, we don't. Fascinating. Uh, snipe down. You do. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me. You said you're going to go back to the drawing board. Talk about the role of a coach here. Uh, Verholst, obviously, Raven has been very outspoken and gotten a lot of credit for how he's kind of helped you guys turn around, helped you guys win your land championship. So, snipe down, Evan. I want to hear your guys' side of things. Why pro coach? And Eric, starting with you, what your coach has done for you, and obviously Verholst right after. And then drop to why you guys don't have a coach. Why you don't feel like you need one? Obviously, Optic would be willing to finance one. I'm sure. So, Eric, kick this off. Yeah, I mean, we we actually went out of our way to ask uh, Raven because he kind of set the standard for what you want to see from a coach just set the way that they set up practice or, you know, contest practice or just have ideas of how you want to play the games. And he put us on to, to Nick, our current coach or ZZ. Um, and, you know, he, he just keeps us organized. You know, we have a discord that all our POIs, all our rotations, all our loot spots, you know, he keeps us just on, on track. You know, if we have a Sunday we talk about, we get together a couple times a week just to discuss, you know, where our heads are at, what comps we want to run. Um, how we're feeling if there's things that are making us uncomfortable we're rotations and it kind of just keeps us you know fully informed on what other teams are doing around us so we can focus more on the gameplay side of things and then just take his word at face value trust him and work around the information that he brings us so you know i i think obviously there is a way for us to do this without like it just would the fact that it just saves us so much time to focus on what we need to focus on is a huge bonus for us as a team. Earls? Uh, Snapdown basically said, like, he said it really well, like, all the benefits of having a coach. Uh, like, this, having, like, having somebody that can just be a fourth opinion on things and, like, take care of, like, all the busy work that your team, like, might not want to do, like, uh, <clears throat> figuring out the best loot routes, paying attention to where teams drop, Paying attention to like other teams' team comps, like how other teams play, like zone or edge or whatever. Like having a fourth person be able to do that is so helpful. Um, another thing is like just having someone that will like sit down and or like kind of like organize meetings with the team. Because uh, before before we had Raven, like we never really did VOD review. Like, but now almost like you know multiple times a week we'll sit down and look look at uh, how our games went and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about strategies. Um, another thing is like just having a, having a fourth opinion on the game, like somebody that just studies the game, kind of gives us all like a another outlook on like how the game should be played, and uh, objectively as well. I mean, they're not yeah. in, in the trenches with you, so they can see maybe more macro view versus you guys might be really convicted. Yeah. Hal, obviously very emotional, very opinionated, convicted on a certain opinion. You can look at it a little more objectively. Yeah, they, they, I mean, Raven has a totally different like perspective of the game because he can just like he kind of just sees it as like a like a chessboard almost like yeah yeah he has all these pieces here and you can kind of see where they're moving from like a bird's eye point of view um compared to us like being in the game we miss we miss so many things playing the game versus watching the game that having someone that can like watch the game and tell you tell you what actually happened after like a loss or something is so helpful because there's so many scenarios where we'll like lose a team fight or something and then we like one of us will just like accuse somebody of making this mistake when like in reality that didn't even happen, which happens a lot. And having someone that actually can see exactly what happened and be able to tell you like on the spot is so helpful. Um, and it definitely just like keeps the team more level-headed. Like definitely there's a lot less 
I think it's a lot less emotion when you have a coach that can kind of stay logical because he's not actually playing the game. And there's the flip side. As far as I know, SSG never had a coach either, right, John? There's just the three of you guys? Um, we trialed Serial for like a short time. Um, yeah. But no, nah, I've, I've. And but that was more so of like a. He was more of like a vibes coach, I'd say. Like more of like a mental vibes coach for us because we kind of had like a couple internal conflicts when it came to just like decision making and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I've never had like a strategic coach and. You know, obviously on Optic we don't. I, I just I would say that there's the re the real the reality with Apex is that it's not a super super developed esport yet, and there's not a ton of coaches that are out there that you know would even be worth it for like a team like us to pick up. You know, all of the the ones that are worth it are all signed and they're all on teams. So, yeah, I mean I think that I, I think. Uh, we do we do really well without a coach. I I think that we what we do miss out on is having that fourth voice that Evan was saying, where after the game's over they were watching, they can see everything that's happening and they can point out to you immediately what went wrong. But in terms of like strategy and those kind of things, I think that my team is really we're really good off like well off with our minds for the game and that kind of thing. Um, you know, a good example of another team like that is NRG. Uh, Sweet has a great mind for the game, and he he just straight up doesn't want to coach because, <laughs> you know, like me, it's like there's not a ton of coaches out there that are worth it to pick up that aren't yep. already signed. So, yeah, I'd say that that's kind of why we don't have a Raven, coach. Raven, ZZ, maybe a few other. Trying to think of some of the greater coaches. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe Hots, uh, Colgen. is all he's always Hotsick. been on with XS. Colgen, PvP. Yeah, I think there's a handful, right? I mean, that all makes sense. And look, I, uh, it's interesting. You say Apex is underdeveloped as an esport. You're right compared to Valorant. Maybe, yeah, Valorant League, CS, and some of the other kind of tier ones. Um, but it's funny, Eric, I don't know about you, dude. I, uh, back in the back in the day when esports was horribly under underdeveloped, baby years, 10, 15 years, MLG days, I was very vocal. We had coaches stand behind us. I was like, just time weapons for us. Don't yep. do anything else. Like, we play the game. We call the shots. And, and I, I thought the coach was the most useless role in esports. And I actually was convicted on that until Apex Legends actually convinced me otherwise. Uh, and I wish I got this on camera, but me, Hal, and Sweet were in like an hour and a half debate in the hotel lobby in Sweden about this topic. And Hal was convicted as well. He didn't need a coach. And then picked up Raven and, and look what else happened. Verles, I don't know if you remember that. I think Hal actually gave gave some credit to that conversation is what changed yeah, his yeah, mind. Yeah, he definitely bit. did. Yeah. Definitely give you credit for that. <laughs> crazy, man. Uh, so, Snipe Down, you, you've obviously been through esports much longer than anyone else here in Apex. Um, you, did you agree with me back in the Halo days? And you're, you changed your mind now, it sounds like. like yeah. Last, last, last thought here. I mean, I think if there's a void that needs to be filled on the team, like weapons, I'm obviously... In Halo, a coach is necessary because like you, you don't want to... like I need to be focused on the gameplay because it's just constant action. It's an arena shooter. There's no time to really stop and look Not at... Not doing and, math and, in your head. Yeah, doing math yeah. and... You know, a coach was great for that, and I told, I said the same thing. Like, just give me weapon times. I don't, don't, don't cloud the comms. I don't need a fifth voice. There's already four people constantly calling out. A fifth voice can come in and be too much. Um, I think if your team has issues, like dissecting gameplay issues, or if you if you can't come to conclusions on what went wrong, and, and having another voice that's not as heated in the moment that can come in and kind of diffuse the situation, I think you know that's when you might need a coach or. Uh, if, if there's not enough work being done, like, you need to analyze if your team needs one or if you don't, because there is a very important role that they can fill in that team if there are those missing gaps. But if you don't need it that, and you feel like you can do all the work, then don't stress about it because sometimes you can bring in a coach or another voice that tries to do too much or tries 
to change too many things at the same time and then all of a sudden you're not confident your IGL is listening to the coach that's not making the call-ins in game and I, I mean it just you really have to make a, a like a decision on if it's important or not for you so yeah, it's a fascinating topic. Uh, obviously, Dropped is doing well, did well twice now with SSG, top five team in the most competitive region uh, in, in NA. And uh, now with Optic, top two team, no coach for either of those squads. And TSM had a bit of a flip with Raven coming in. So it's two two sides of that coin. Interesting stuff. Energy is another example. Two, two sides of that coin. Very, very interesting stuff. I saw a question from Nathan just to wrap this up with literally just a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay, because you have to move on to the next topic. Uh, what about a mechanics coach? Do you think there's any value in a mechanics coach coming in and focusing purely on your mechanics of the game? Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> you drop? What about you? Yeah, I'm doing a little, I'm doing a little side, side thumb as well. I think it's Eric is hell no. <laughs> oh, now I want to get a take. Damn it. I'm a, I'm a, profe- I'm a professional. Like, you should have good enough mechanics, awareness, and stuff. If I need to, if I need to go and up and go to what one of those websites and pay five dollars for a mechanics coach like no i'm sorry like you should you're a professional you should not have not need that it also helps that you have aim assist you have an actual robot helping you with your mechanics so that's good i actually dis- i actually disagree with that i don't know if you want to talk about that but i actually yes. disagree go for I, it i think that uh you know in a game like apex where you're focusing on so many other things like in all of us know right at the top level the mechanics like it's it's everyone is right there at the same level but i would I think a good example of someone learning on their mechanics that I've heard about, I don't have personal experience of it, but Fun, you know, who's regarded as one of the mechanically like best players, his team, Xset, actually has a mechanics coach. Um, his name is uh, Dragon Ames, I think. And, you know, even Fun said that he was learning a lot from their mechanics coach that he didn't do before. So, like, you know, even someone who's regarded as one of the best mechanics in the game and then also nocturnal as well uh has also told like said that he's learned from the mechanics coach those mechanics coaches like they focus they hone in on like only mechanics and they might know things that you don't about mechanics and stuff because you're so focused on you know the game plan and you know the game being a br rather than just an arena shooter where you're just 1v1ing or you know 3v3 team fighting so i actually i actually do see value in it but it would be on a case by case like you know, basis. Mm. All right, I'll raise my thumb to the middle. I can see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I def- got convinced. <laughs> definitely agree with Drop here. I've, I've never had a mechanics coach personally, but like, I feel like that'd be really useful for just like a one-time sit down with somebody to just like maybe give you some food for thought about like, you know, taking angles or like abusing cover, or like, you know, just having better gunplay. Um, and definitely like, I feel like there's always something new to learn, and like having somebody who just studies. Like like Rob said, like someone who just studies purely mechanics, I think you could definitely take something away from like someone who just studied that all day long. Imagine you hire a mechanics coach just for you. I mean, Hal can afford it. For us, I don't know what your salary <laughs> is compared to Hal. I'm sure he's getting paid. Uh, just that watches your gameplay and literally gives you notes on every single moment. Things you could. I mean, there's value there, right? Eric sounds like you you're, you're seeing the light here a little bit. But yeah, um, interesting stuff. I see Eric's point is a pro player. You're a pro player. It's your job. You should be able to focus on your mechanics. But at the same time, 50, 70 years ago, you probably didn't have running backs coaches and wide receivers coaches in the NFL, right? Now they all have their own specialty coaches. I think the way esports and coaching is developing is fascinating. And I got to agree with Dropped and Verholst. They're both side thumbs, not thumbs up. Um, but I'm going to give it a, 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 a three quarters thumb uh, to wrap this one up. I think there's value there. Um, for pros, but 1,000% two thumbs up for amateur players that are trying to get better. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't even know 
half of the mechanics that y'all know already as a, you know, diamond masters level player, the exhaust wall bounce, super bounce and super gliding. There's so many things that I guarantee diamond players have no idea what exists. So if you're in the chat and watching things like Metify, it also supports the ecosystem and helps people like, you know, Serial who does coaching, it's paid for, it helps people and, and Genos and others um, make a living out of this too. So it, it helps the ecosystem as well. So two thumbs up from that perspective for me. Let's uh, move on from the topic of conversation. Either way, a fascinating discussion. And actually one final thought on that too uh, that I'll share. I mean, super gliding, the exhaust wall, uh, super bounce, wall bounce, all these other things when, when your stamina is exhausted, you get a, a bigger you know, wall bounce, all these other things that no one knew about until 6, 12, 18, you know, 24 months after the game came out. I promise you there are mechanics in Apex Legends because the movement system is that dynamic that no one's even uncovered yet. Um, the best example of that is, is actually in Gears Esports. There's something called a reaction shot where you could literally shoot or wall, uh, up A around a corner, turn your camera, shoot behind you, but then keep using the momentum to run forward. And it looks like you shoot out of your ass and, and you can run the next direction. <laughs> no one knew about that until 11 years after the game, seven years after the game came out, which is fascinating. So things like that absolutely will change the game in Apex. And I think that uh, there, there's a lot that we haven't even, not even uncovered on explored territory overall. So let's move on to the next topic though, uh, away from ALGS post-game discussion, great ALGS discussion. We spent a lot more time on that today. We're going to kind of cruise through the topic, the next couple topics here. We usually wrap this up in about an hour and a half um, uh, because obviously it's the second to last day of Pro League. Regional finals are coming up, and ALGS is the, t the, the heart of the discussion here. But I want to talk about Realm. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Verholst, you mentioned how Realm in totality is, has been interesting for Apex. I've heard all types of different opinions. It's the most fun I've ever had, says Rambo, and I'm, it rejuvenated his passion for the game. Um, it's such a breath of fresh air from ranked. I can't stand ranked, and it fixes all the issues with ranked. But then you also hear the other side of like it can absolutely you know put your mem your mental in shambles. There's also been a lot of discussion around Realm and are they playing nice in the sandbox with the rest of the community? Things like oversight and others having some scheduling conflicts that we've heard with Tempo and others. I, I want to hear your guys' thought um, on uh, Realm in general, and then we'll shift to Realm Champions League, which is coming soon. But Realm in general, good or bad for the scene or or mid? Let's do the same thing. Thumbs up, thumbs down, or mid if it is a good for Apex. All three of you. Thumbs up from dropped. Thumbs up from Eric, and thumbs up from Verlst. I'm going to give it a thumbs up as well. Uh, drop, kick us off here. Why, why do you give it a thumbs up? What are the pros and cons? I mean, any tournament for Apex is always going to be good for the game, you know, especially with the prize sure. pools that they're bringing. Um, you know, I think that I, you know, even me, I've had some very vocal concerns with them. I think that Realm was awesome the first week. Everyone's taking it super serious, but then, like, with anything, right, people kind of start to get, like, a little... Uh, I guess tired of it or you know it's the same thing over and over they kind of start losing their focus with it um, and then realm was also like changing the way the elo system worked and just changing stuff when it didn't need to be changed in my opinion and um, so yeah I, I would say overall really good for the scene I think that if it's managed correctly it could be a long-term <laughs> thing they also are bringing in uh, realm team queue so everyone that like hates solo queuing is gonna be able to play with their pro teams and Essentially, that probably will kill minus tempo scrims. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like teams are going to play for money. Like if there's money in, like right. involved, everyone wants to play for money. No one wants to just play for you know, for free. If we can play for money and also get practice at the same time, so yeah, yeah, that's right. And I I tweeted this um, you know middle middle tier the pyramid kind of problem with Apex, which is like the middle tier the the twenty the thirty the ninety percent of of diamond players don't have a chance to compete. And I didn't know about Realm at the time. And I, and I had a chance to meet with the owner of Realm and talk to him. And, and I realized, wow, this is going to absolutely help 
with that gap. So I think they agreed uh, playing more tournaments, more tournaments, more opportunities to compete is nothing but good for the scene. Um, does anyone else have any differing opinions or hot takes? Or are you guys all going to agree? If you're all going to agree, we'll, we'll move to the next topic. But anyone else, else have any hot takes or differing opinions? I mean, my, my only, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I, I think the biggest yeah. thing is a lot of people have complained about like there not being enough ways for amateurs to find their way into pro lobbies or to get their name out there and things like that because obviously people aren't playing ranked anymore so they're not going to get recognized and ranked there there's like the getting number one isn't as you know beneficial as it was in the past so this is just a way for people who are the amateurs that haven't been able to get their name out there to get matched with pros and maybe turn up one of these one of those games and be like okay like this guy's really good actually and i think that that is a way to keep the longevity of apex esports alive is by give like doing more grassroots. I, I just hope that this doesn't overshadow or kill a lot of the other events that could could happen. Like I, I just hope that there isn't a bunch of time conflicts and if that realm doesn't just try to take over every single thing in the space to open up the doors for other tournaments um, to be available. Makes sense. Uh, realm Champion League. Look, I want to show a quick screenshot and I want to discuss uh, a leak came out sources courtesy of cutnoid always covering apex big shot to cutnoid everything he does and all the uh, content he provides and coverage he provides does a great work for the community saying starting next week what realm will launch the champions league featuring only pro league teams games will run five days a week in a three month long seasons for hundred and twenty thousand dollars in prize money and i think that's probably what you were alluding to dropped if they can offer scrims but for 120k uh yes please sign every pro team up placements will be earned twice a week Monday through Thursday, where, where the top 20 teams qualifying for Friday's lobby, EMEA Champions League will launch at a later date. Realms also says they're launching a program to get teams signed and bring orgs back into competitive Apex, just like Wildcard came in. Uh, and who knows, maybe big orgs like Team Liquid, Cloud9, Space Station, and others make, might make a return. That's huge for the scene overall. Uh, again, last, last final thoughts here. I think we all know it's, it's healthy. You guys excited for Champions League and what you're hearing so far? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I've, that does it. I've been vouching for this. <laughs> this, this, more, is gonna, this is going to. Yeah, I mean, this is going to like raise the the question. Pros were all saying like, should pros have to spend money to play in scrim so they take it more seriously? And I mean, this like we had this talk what like two months ago. If people were like, well, if there was a prize pool, then could would scrims be taken more seriously? I was like, well, we'll find out. This is the this is the time we find out if people take this serious or not. That's right. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm excited for that. We'll see if the official announcement comes next week. Um, either way, I think we're all in agreement here. Um, goodness overall. And I will say kudos, kudos to Realm. You know, I think we, we were concerned. We had heard rumors that they were going to run that Thursday, Friday thing during our charity program the other week. And I got in touch with Eric, a.k.a. Faust. Immediately he said, nope, we're, we're going to make sure we schedule around it. So, you know, I think and that was my, my biggest criticism early on is like I was stoked. And then I thought maybe they weren't trying to play nice with others and, you know, work with the community. And then they were. Uh, so as long as that's the case, as long as they kind of thrive as part of the ecosystem with the community, by the community, for the community, I think they've been super receptive to feedback. Um, you know, they changed their ELO system, as you guys announced, too. I think they're doing a lot of the right things. And I'm excited. I'm really excited for what's to come. They also announced LAN events, by the way, as well, which we desperately need. So uh, very, very exciting uh, news overall. Interested to see how Respawn reacts, though. That's the big question because you got to imagine they're not happy about you know people playing less ranked and ranked being dominated by cheaters. That's another big topic. I'm sure we can discuss it another time. But really interested to see if, if Respawn reacts with a new ranked mode or ranked system or maybe like an ALGS in-game tournament system like Fortnite has uh, or other games have had. Gosh, give me just an MLG playlist to snipe down uh, just like we used to have back in the Halo days in Apex. Something as simple as that would be great.
So with that, let's move to our next topic of the, of the, of the discussion here. State of Apex and ALGS. Uh, really, this is, this is kind of typically how we wrap up every single show. Um, and I want to you know, start that with um, Albert Lelly, Snipedown, went in last week a little bit. Uh, we saw the, the, no the nocturnal nemesis clip of him dying with no audio to Anmu. Anmu was actually like, that was me that killed him. And we had a really, you know, heated discussion, passionate discussion around, you know, some fixes from the devs and things that servers were really bad in Apex North last week. It seemed like doom and gloom a week ago. Respawn responded, you know, three days after that show and after all the criticism, uh, Hotfix came in, uh, seemingly fixed the Nemesis audio issue, they identified an issue, issued a Hotfix, didn't wait till season 17. And then the Ballistic trailer dropped uh, for the new character Ballistic in season 17 and looks pretty badass. That was actually probably the coolest uh, character trailer I've ever seen in Apex. So all that to say, state of Apex, state of LGS, do you guys think it was doom and gloom? Uh, let's do the same thing. Thumbs up, thumbs side, thumbs down. Do you think we're in a great, great spot and it was actually just exaggerated mid, or do you think we're, we're still in a bad spot? You're going to be critical here. Three, two, one, thumbs ups. I'm going to go write this. I'm positive. <laughs> Eric, I love, okay, Eric's like a little bit. This has become a clock, by the way. Eric's at four o'clock here. Eric, starting, <laughs> starting with you, man. Um, it seems like, you know, me, drop, Verholz, a little towards the mid to up. You're, you're feeling a little further down now. What, what, what are your thoughts? Give us a hot take. I mean, my, my biggest thing is just the communication. I mean, it, it always seems like it gets to a point where we did the whole save Apex rank to finally get DDoS fixed, and it was this giant movement by all the professionals to get some sort of response. And then, you know, who knows what sparked it, whether it was us all talking about this on this podcast or Hal tweeting out that he was having a rough time. Like, my big, my biggest thing is, like, we've all been preaching for open communication for a long time. And it seems like the only time we get communication is when everyone is throwing a shitstorm all over social media or everyone's kind of, like, had just completely fed up with it. And then, like, an another thing is, is I don't want individual pros or individual the biggest of the content creators to be the people that get reached out to of oh hey we're working on this like like are you who are you satisfying that individual creator to let them know that you're working on it or in my opinion if you're speaking to anyone then that should be a public statement and be, because like that would make it open communication don't don't only talk to your biggest creators or only talk to the top of the top because then you're alienating the casual community. You're alienating everyone else and feels like they're not cared about. It's only the people that have the biggest of the big voices. And that's when we see the changes. So in my eyes, like being more direct is going to give me so much more respect for you as a company. And just to know that this is being looked at, this is being worked on. If you can't fix the issue, like be open about it. Say, you know, we're, we're working on this. We see that these are the issues. We're actively investigating and figuring it out. But don't just speak to people behind the scenes, like make a statement. And I'm glad that, you know, the audio has been great. So huge props to, to the team to for figuring out the audio. I don't know what it was server based or what it was, but um, I think I think it is that is a step in the right direction. I just hope it doesn't just cont it just do the same routine that we've seen where, you know, one thing gets fixed, and then all of a sudden it goes up and then it's right back down, gets to the boiling point and then we're back in square one. Three steps forward, two steps backwards, rinse and repeat is what you're hoping to avoid. Yes. Yeah, uh, and dropped. I'll hear thoughts from both of you. Evan, kick us off. I think Apex is in a solid, solid state right now. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see like what a, what the next season's gonna be like, because every, every season like recently, Apex always. I don't know if Apex tweets this, but like, there's always a tweet about like player count, and it seems like player count is being like, 
like new new record player counts are being set literally every season, which is kind of crazy. When like all you hear from the pro scene is about how like the game's dying or like there's so many issues, but like somehow the player count is still still growing every season. And so I think you know we've been on an upward upward trajectory for like a long time, like just player count wise. And I think as long as the casual the casual side of the game is happy and the player count the casual player count's high, like the pro scene can't really die. Like I mean as long as there's casuals to watch the pros then the pro scene's gonna be well off like it's gonna be too big it's gonna be like a big issue if like apex just like imagine if apex kind of just like full-on catered to the pros and like made like a separate game mode like just for pros i I just wonder if that would like alienate the casuals too much and that would like reduce the player count because like at the end of the day the casual player count is what fuels the pro scene and the developers entirely like that is like the number one, like the number one resource for the game's well-being is the casual, the casual player base, and uh, yeah, it's like the the player count has been going up every single season, and this next season looks like it's going to be another good season. Hopefully, I mean we don't know we don't know too much about it yet, but they're promising rank changes, which could be amazing for the game. I think uh, I think when, when people watch the game and they see they see us playing Realm, that also might alienate casuals a little bit because they see Realm, they're like. What is this? How do I, how do I get into this? I don't I don't see that rank symbol in the top right. So like, how do I play what they're playing? And it's like, if they can fix their rank system to where every pro is playing ranked, I think it's another reason reason for casuals to want to hop in the game is like seeing pl- pros play ranked, and then seeing that you can hop in your game and see the ranked mode literally right there. And it's like, okay, if I just play enough ranked, I'll get reach the highest rank. It's like I don't have to like jump through any hoops or like figure out what's up with this website or like try and like. Uh, I don't know. Try and like work my way into this website, like this private yep. club of players. Like, yep. I I'm really curious to see what they do with rank next season and the rest of this changes next season. I, I wonder if they're gonna do anything huge, yeah. Or just you know it's gonna be small changes. I don't know, but I'm hopeful hopeful for another player count increase next season. We'll see. Yeah, and I personally don't think any rank changes are gonna come next season. I think it's a longer tail. But with that said, I I have. Uh, actually, a few thoughts to chime in with that, but first things first. Drops. Now, do you have anything? Do you guys have anything urgent like you wanted to say in response to that, or, or not necessarily? Because I have a couple thoughts. No, you can go ahead. Okay, and then drop down to get your take as well. Yeah. First off, I gave a little round of applause, not necessarily because I'm saying you know screw the pros, focus on the casuals. But the reason is you're wise beyond your years, young Verholz. Twenty years old, and the fact that you recognize that, and so many pros who are older than you and have been doing this for a while don't, is impressive. Because the reality is, and people do not realize what truly goes into game development and what truly fuels an eSport. It's not devs listening to pros whenever they complain about something and immediately responding like they're, like they're you know, uh, lackeys. It's having an open fl- funnel of new influx of players coming in and putting them on a player journey to go from being a casual player to a casual competitive player to a competitive player to then a pro player. If you at any point limit that journey or that funnel, you are limiting the growth of a game, and over time, that game will die. And Eric can point to this. I can point to this. So many esports that have died. And you asked me this at dinner the other, the other week, Evan, in, in Kansas City. You said, why did Gears die? It seemed like a good game. I, I used to play. I used to enjoy it. It was because of that. It was because new players would come in and get absolutely shit on by pros because the game was so hard, and um, it was so hard to learn, and they would give up. And all of a sudden, we lost. It's like a, it's like a faucet. You have a, you have a long hose and a faucet. If you, if, you, if, you, if you close that faucet, eventually the water's going to run out. You need to have the casual players come and have a good experience. So that's why season 16 
it wasn't the the pro fixes or the audio or this or that everyone talks about it was mixtape the new training system and onboarding system and uh, that allows you to play against bots for the first time ever in apex those two things and then you in the firing range those three things single-handedly helped so many new players learn how to play apex and come into the game and and we're gonna that's gonna pay dividends in a season or two when those players get hooked fall in love and then become competitive players or competitive fans of apex legends and your fans so i love that you say that and as much as it seems like doom and gloom that's exactly what i was trying to say last week and preach last week is apex does a good job responding and doing what they can but they are balancing so much more than people realize and their job is not only to make apex a great esport their job is to make apex a diverse inclusive welcoming fun accessible game for everyone and you have to balance and focus and prioritize things because to put all your devs all your engineering effort on fixing servers and ddos and audio which is what the pros want means you no longer have new fresh content coming in and you have to unprioritize or deprioritize other things like mixtape and new game modes and new maps and new characters and new features that are going to make the game really, really fun for years to come. And people, people realize that. So uh, all that to say, that's my very vocal, passionate soapbox speech. As someone who actually worked in game development, I worked, you know, Xbox Game Studios and worked on Gears of War. And I learned, so, I, was a, I was a pro and I had to tune my expectations and I learned so much about how it works um, in, in behind the scenes. There's a lot more that meets the eye. Uh, thoughts from all of you on that, any of you, if you have any other opinions here. I mean, I agree. I, I think the casuals carry the scene um, from day one. I think alienating the casuals is the worst case scenario. Um, didn't, Evan touched on that as well. I think I, I saw that a lot in Halo where the pros honestly tried to carry every single aspect about the game, every change that needed to be made because they're the ones who are vocal, but the casuals are the 99% and the pros are the 1%. So, I mean, regardless of how much influence we have on Twitch and the, the media, I think there is a lot to be grateful for when it comes to the game. So, I mean, I think we can all, there is a lot that we could all do better and improve on. And we need to understand that, you know, we are not always top priority, but when it comes to, you know, game breaking things, or when we are competing at these events uh, for these large sums of money, like this is our living. So we are going to be very vocal about the, the game breaking bugs, but there's a lot that we could always like pull back on at the same time when it's not as important. Droth, I want to give you a chance to chime in or you have a chance to, to weigh in. I mean, do you have any additional thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Snipe. You know, I think that, you know, there is certain things that you could probably look at as, like, nitpicking from the pros. But, um, you know, the audio the audio tracer issue on bullets, yeah. that, you know, that's game-breaking, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can't be dying in a tournament for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars because you can't hear the guy shooting at you, right? That's just unacceptable, you know, in any regard. Um, you know, even for casual players, right, getting no audio shot, like they're not going to be having fun doing that. It's it, that that affects you know from the from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, in terms of like overall the uh, you know the devs and fixing stuff, I would say that my biggest thing is ranked. You know, I'm I'm a ranked grinder. Um, but it, it's one of those things. It's a trade-off, like like you know we've been talking about with the casual community. I know season thirteen was the uh, the rank system that all the pros loved and had a great time playing. But at the same time, there was some casual um, players that hated it because it was much harder, right? It was way harder to rank up. People weren't having fun because they weren't getting you know to the ranks that they had previously gotten to. So it's it's definitely a it's definitely an interesting topic because you know. A harder rank system the pros enjoy it more but you know the people just coming home from work and playing for a couple of hours every day you know 
probably don't enjoy it as much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to find a balance, but I would say that um, in terms of rank systems, I would like to see it change a little because I think even casuals have gotten bored of the rank system. There's not as many people watching ranked on Twitch, you know, as there was in the past because it's just not as competitive, not as fun to watch. So I think that's my biggest, uh, my biggest uh, thing with Respawn is I want them to change the rank system, yep. which I think that they're doing. So. Yep. I, and, and I, uh, listen, I agree with Snipe Down. I obviously was, was passionate when a little tangent there with the casuals, but ultimately agree with you as well. Things that are game breaking, especially like from an esports perspective, because y'all are competing for millions of dollars, like the Nemesis audio issue, they got hot fixed, great. And they reacted. Things that are game breaking for y'all, a lot of those things, the majority are also game breaking for the casuals. So that's where you should be vocal. That's where we should be critical. But be constructively critical is important. And at the end of the day, realize developers are people who have families and lives and they're passionate and they've made the decision to work in the games industry. Yes, that doesn't mean they have to be 16 hour a day working four hours of sleep. You know, uh, employees of, uh, of all of us, they still have a life to live and we have to realize that and respect that wholeheartedly. So it's definitely a balance. I love the balanced takes that were shared here overall in the grand scheme of things. And overall, we all can probably agree that we should, everyone can agree, we're grateful. We should be grateful because Apex is the best game with the best mechanics, um, for us at least, probably many of us would agree, ever. It's so much fun to play as an FPS, and it's the reason Snipedown came back from Halo. It's the reason that we all fell in love with this game. So um, very grateful for uh, the game with where it's at, the, the great, the good, the bad, the ugly. You obviously, that, that, that's life. We're going to have a lot of that. We just got to work our way through it, and we always have. The history repeats itself. We've always worked our way through the tough times. Response reacted, responded very well. Eric, I agree with you, though, ultimately on communication and clarity and transparency being very important. I think since RK Rigney left Respawn, I think that we've seen a bit of a, a dip in, in, in communication, and I don't know if they're you know, still backfilling or figuring things out or what that looks like, but I do agree. At the end of the day, communication is really, really important. I think we can agree on that. So moving on to Season 17, though. Um, I want to talk about the excitement here. Uh, you, please tell me, you guys all saw the ballistic trailer, right? Uh, Daltouche interviewed him the other day. He literally didn't even watch it. Okay, good. I thought it was awesome, dude. I'm excited about that. Uh, Fragment is getting reworked, um, which I'm personally excited about. Look, obviously, Fragment's been fun for a long time, but it's been in the same place and shape for a long time. And I actually hate the split between Fragment East and West. And it's a little bit of an awkward fight when you have to cross the you know, kind of broken you know, gravel bridge to get from east to west. Uh, it looks like they're fixing all of that. There's a new museum. Um, I don't know if you guys saw some of these leaks on Twitter. You guys have been locked in. But let's pull up uh, the new fragment. Here it is. And if you look here, it looks like this either is the train tracks uh, building or I don't know exactly where it is, but they've basically posted two, three, four screenshots of what looks like fragment repaired, constructed, this is almost like a Fortnite Tilted Towers feeling here with where it's headed, but it looks like it's always it's in a positive direction. A new museum in a new fragment, good or bad? How do you guys feel about that? Dude, that looks like like season or like one of the early seasons of World's Edge, that under bridge area where it was next to the field where the beacon is. Do you guys know what, remember what I'm talking about? Drop, do you know, remember what I'm oh, talking I, about? I, I, I like, think I remember that. There was, it was uh, this, I remember that. there was a, bri a bridge that kind of, yeah, I don't, I, that's exactly like that looks like that area i don't know i remember exactly what it looked like but it was next to like the construction building um it, it, there were the two construction buildings and then the one got completely taken out and then there was like the small diner building and then past that was the bridge that led into the open field with like a bunch of the bushes i don't know i, I yeah, have a very it's visual hard to think memory. about it. it's honestly been so long you know like i can't the only thing i can picture in my head is like the two construction buildings that's the only thing i can picture i mm -hmm. can't even think of anything else that was so long ago 
Now, uh, Velge, obviously, the... uh, Fragment Enjoyer. You, you excited for the changes? Back a little to fresh to World's Edge. I love Fragment, but uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting Olympus vibes from that picture. Like that yeah, that picture looks like it could have came straight out of like an Olympus POI, and I kind of hate all the Olympus POIs. Like they're kind of like <laughs> long open sight lines, and I'll be very sad if like if they turn Fragment into like an Estates POI or kind of like mm. a like a Bonsai, which is that that would suck. Like I love how much cover there is in Fragment. I think the cover is fun to play around. Like there's so many spots to exist. I think that's like, I think I think that's fun. I think it's fun to like play around all those buildings. Uh, I would hate to see like there just be a lot. I would hate I would hate to see it be a lot more open and a lot less room for teams to be in the middle of the map. Uh, the worst case scenario would be like it just turns into a giant open field and like they remove all the playable space in the buildings. I would hate that. But I don't know. It's just one picture. I'm just I'm just guessing. Like I don't like Olympus. And that reminds me of Olympus. So yep. <laughs> a little yep. bit. And that's why yeah, a little bit nervous picture. about that one. One picture yeah. of one part, and let's take a look though. Here's another picture actually of, of inside. So here's what looks like the inside of the new museum. And to your point, it's literally that Olympus. A fun fight, man. That, that is Olympus. Yeah, that, that is Olympus, bro. <laughs> that is that's like that Olympus. new uh, Lifeline POI yeah. in yeah. Olympus. That's what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar for sure. I don't like it. Not that. I'm not <laughs> covered I don't like it. It looks cool, but it's just like this huge open room, bro. I just, I'm like, I'm like of the like opinion it. that I, I don't like them because this is like what the second or no third time that they've like changed frag now like they just yep, keep yep. changing frag over and over again and like i i'm of the opinion i want them to add pois to the map you know like in kind of some dead space like maybe like you know next to dome or something where there's a spot for a poi to be i would rather have that happen because that would just you know open the map up a little bit more and mm. that kind of thing i'm I don't really understand what their obsession with fragment is but yeah i mean they just keep changing fragment over and over and over again um, yeah, so I would the, love the for ninja. a new POI. Yeah, get, yeah open up something cool. near Dome and get uh, LG can have a new POI, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> Y'all can coexist. How nice would that be? You know, yep. they just take they take Dome and whatever's new, now north of Dome. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that. I, I like that thought. And look, um, two two or three of my good friends that I worked with at the Coalition on Gears, they were level designers at, Ge at Gears. I used to tell them all the time, pillars, cover, that's everything because it gives players ability and choice to outplay out and outperform. And uh, those developers are now at Respawn and working on Apex, which is kind of cool. So maybe I'll, I'll send a text or two and see, uh, you know, what the thought process is or if they worked on it, et cetera. But I'll send this clip to them as well. This is all good content for obviously Respawn developers to kind of look for and, and understand the, the voice of the pro player community at least. Uh, either way, we'll see what the changes are. Season 17 dropping soon. I think we're all excited overall. The last part of that is obviously Ballistic. Let's take a look at a screenshot. I believe we either have a screenshot of Ballistic or a trailer. Uh, we'll pull that up here in a second when we can. We do have Ballistic coming. Uh, the trailer looked awesome. I don't know what his abilities are, but in the trailer, it looked like he shoots his gun a lot and had, I think, his own unique pistol or something, if I saw that correctly. So you guys have any thoughts on, on Ballistic here so far? It looks cool. I just hope I don't get targeted by the freaking weapon that makes me not shoot. Because if I'm going into endgame and someone hits me with that and I can't shoot my gun for five seconds, I'm going to scream. Is that one of his guns? It makes you not shoot? Yeah, it looks like it shuts down That's your like weapons, yeah. And if there's 20 of those in Endgame, everyone's getting hit with it, and I'm just the guy who's unlucky enough to get hit with it all the time, like I was the Kraber, then I'll be very upset. I missed that in the trailer. That's important intel that I clearly didn't win. I just thought it was cool with the music and the, the guy smoking a cigar or whatever. I was, I was just you know fascinated by that, but I know you guys are looking at different things. Interesting. Any other thoughts on Ballistic, guys? I think I uh, other... Oh, go ahead. You can go ahead. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, bro. <laughs> I think other, other than the tactical... Um, the like the, the supposed leaked like pistol that makes your guns not shoot that that's gonna suck. But like 
the rest of this kit looks really, really fun. Um, like, you get to carry a third weapon around, which I think is going to be awesome for players to, like, try out. Like, it's kind of like a, a mule kick from uh, COD Zombies. Carry a third weapon. I think, I think that's going to be sick. His ultimate looks really, really fun. Everyone gets, like, a movement speed boost. You get unlimited ammo. Like, how could that not just be, like, sick to use? Uh, I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> this is all just leaked. This is all leaked stuff that I've read. It's not confirmed at all. Charge rifle, double I, double R nine, just fucking yep. go, coming out guns blazing. Yeah, dude, I've been thinking like, oh my god, what, what would I run? I'd, I'd run like a like an R nine Nemesis PK or something. Like, imagine having like an R nine and a PK for every close range fight. Oh my god, or like having a charge like, in, in your backpack. But uh, yeah, so his ultimate seemed like really really fun to use, especially in ranks. Like having unlimited ammo and getting to run around for twenty seconds with a speed boost. Like <laughs> that's gonna be. That's going to be ridiculous, especially for controller players. I think controller players are going to love that. Just having, like, having that extra strafe speed boost, cranking that aim assist left and right with that speed boost. Oh, my God. Can't, I, think, I think it's going to be sick. I can't wait. I don't know if he's going to be competitive, though. Like, I don't know if he has that too much competitive utility. We'll see. Uh, I think he'll be a really, really good team fighting character. Like, definitely an edge for, like, definitely suits, like, edge play style, not zone play style at all. Uh, but we'll see. Dropped. Um, I would say that... I'm a big fan of everything I've heard about the character, other than mm. the uh, the you know ability to make people's guns overheat and stuff. Because I just I hate abilities that you know make the game unplayable for you. You know, like Siri. Yeah. I I just hate abilities that just make the game unfun, and that just seems like an ability that's just gonna make the game the game unfun at times. You know, oh, like, dude. How 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 annoying is that gonna be to just not even be able to shoot your gun if they just. You know, even they could just be trolling with you, you know, and just like make you not be able to shoot your gun, gun overheat or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that's my only, that's my only gripe with the character. I just, I don't like abilities that, you know, just do stuff like that. So, dude, it takes away the most core necessary thing about the game is is shooting your weapon. Like that, yeah. that is going to be so frustrating. I hope yeah. he is not a meta character because of that alone. Hundred percent agreed. No one wants to be limited in their ability to play the game uh, ever. It doesn't feel good for anybody. Uh, so yeah, we'll be interested to see again. Um, all leaks, rumors, speculation. You saw it in the video, but you know who knows if it's like a skill shot you have to hit. You can only do it to one per. I, I don't know what the situation is going to be. We'll see what the details are. And nonetheless, I, yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's always good to have a new season. I, I love what we get with Apex. So we get a fresh new look on the game and different things that come every two three months. Um, World's Edge changes seem like they're obviously coming as well. Check out the Play Apex Twitter uh, for those screenshots if you guys want to check it out yourselves or, or of course, the Ballistic trailer, which just from a cinematic perspective was awesome. Uh, I'm interested to see how the character plays out. Um, all right, listen, I probably promised an hour and a half. We're two minutes away from that hour and a half mark, I believe. I want to make sure we can wrap up, guys. Uh, this has been an awesome discussion. Holy cow. From ALGS uh, post-game to State of the Meta uh, to TSM to Optic to discussions around coaches, Realm, etc., been a really good discussion today. I want to give you guys a chance. Any final words, final thoughts you want to share to the Apex community um, in general or, of course, going into these last couple of weeks of Pro League here? Uh, Snipe down, start with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have too much. I think I, I do think we're improving just overall in terms of where the pros are at when it comes to comp and um, where I think this next season is going to be a huge bonus. I mean, we're finally getting a new character. It's been a bit... Uh, hopefully these rank changes are great. Everyone can be happy. We could be happy playing ranked, happy playing realm, because I'm having the difficulty of knowing, like, not knowing what to do after I finish with realm or scrims. I'm kind of in this. Well, I'm only playing the game from because of comp right now. So hopefully it, it, it is able to bring back that fire in me. Something else to strive for. Maybe high rank can mean something again. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just happy that we can have these open discussions and glad that a lot of pros are, are being more upfront about their concerns. And uh, we got a big, big week coming up with regionals. I don't even know exactly when it is, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of prepping that's going to be going on there. And I'm excited to see how the gauntlet shows out. Right, um, and regionals are on the seventh, which is next Sunday. So we got one more pro league day tomorrow, and of course we have the regional finals on the Sunday. That's a match point final winner, win and you're in, which will be interesting. Uh, Verholz, final thoughts? Anything you want to share? Mike is yours. Bro, I'm just super pumped, super pumped for next season. I'm like a little kid on Christmas when it was a big <laughs> update, big update to the game. So super excited to see what they change, see what they add. I think it's always it's always super fun to just play with new changes, uh, new balances, like new additions whatever so yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to regional finals too securing that land spot and uh yeah all right i'm gonna give you that a chance to answer the same question i asked to hal is tsm making it to london i think so yeah i think so not just like you have to say that because you look like a jerk if you don't (laughs) no i really do i really do think like like if i had to like give ourselves like a percentage chance i'd say it's at like 90% 90% or I would say I would, say, I would good. give you a yeah. good 90 yeah I'd give Whoa. I think there's always the off chance we get a couple crappy zones and like super unlucky like bottom five but like I don't know I think it's the chance of that happening is so be so rare like I, I think I think we're pretty locked I'd say like after after today today was so good for us like I'm feeling good and I think the boys are feeling good too uh, yeah definitely definitely looking forward to uh, playing our hearts yeah. out on Regional finals. It'll be an awesome story. Lock it in. Get to put the work in this week, uh, and we're excited to see, of course, compete next week in uh, match point finals. My dogs are fighting. My girlfriend's screaming. If you guys can hear that on the stream, I'm sorry. Uh, dropped. How about you, man? Final words. Mike is yours. Uh, you know what? I'm actually curious uh, about uh, branching off of what Verhol said. I'm wondering if DZ still going to contest you guys at uh, Siphon. Ooh. I'm actually wondering after you guys winning. I wonder if they're still committing to that. That's something to think about, you know, for sure. Nah, bro, I'm, I'm so not worried about DZ landing on us, bro. You, do you guys remember really? what happened last time they tried to land on us? Oh, I do. Do you, remember, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember what happens? Oh my they god. They got Rambo bro. now, though. They got Rambo now. I don't, though. I don't think I don't think it's gonna make that big of a difference if we get landed on, bro. Like, I'm I'm so ready for them to land on us. Like, I I think they're gonna get smoked by trying to do that. And I think smoked I think they know. I think they know. I think it's all a little bit of trash talk, trying to be scary. But after today, like. They should be feeling way less confident about doing something like that, but uh, I'm I'm ready. I think the boys are ready too. Clip it and ship it. I love it. Drop that. Anything else? Uh, no. I mean, pretty much the same thing. Snipedown said. I think you know we're in a we're in an okay spot right now in terms of the game. I'm glad that you know there's podcasts coming around now where pros can start talking about the way they feel, what issues you know should be brought to the forefront of things. Um, and then my number one thing is I just hope they make the rank system more enjoyable and actually playable because, you know, it's nice to have that option to play outside of, you know, what, what we have with Realm and scrims because obviously like the, you know, we were talking about the casual community. They don't have that option, right? They don't have that option for scrims or Realm or anything. And, you know, ranked is kind of like their only option, and I want it to be better because I think everyone is not enjoying ranked right now. Yep, I love it. Thank you for using your platform and this platform to you know speak to what's also important, also being positive and a great leader of this scene. That's the goal of this podcast. So thank you for the kind words there, Dropped. Thank you for joining Verholst and Dropped. Sounds like we'll be uh, seeing you guys back on this again here soon. And chat uh, community, let us know as well what your thoughts are. Are you guys enjoying you know the, the format of this show? We're trying to keep it as you know highly produced and professional as possible. Please let us know your feedback on all things socials. You can follow us at Apex After Hours. A big thank you 
of course, to Verholst and Dropped, our special guests joining Snipedown, my co-host, and I on Apex After Hours. We hope you're enjoying the action and commentary at home. What a day of an ALGS action it was. One of the most entertaining ALGS Pro League days we've had to date. We had some crazy contests. We had some crazy fights. And ultimately, we had a crazy finish. Lanimals. Albert Lelly, former teammate of TSM in second place, right behind TSM in first place in today's action. And now 90% confidence from Berholz that TSM will qualify for London. We'll find out, though. We have one more day of Pro League tomorrow. We will be doing another after-hour show tomorrow. Yes, confirmed. Lock it in. We'll announce our special guests who's going to join us tomorrow morning. So make sure to tune in tomorrow night after the ALGS Pro League on Sunday. And, of course, we'll be doing this after the regional finals next Sunday on the 7th as well. I'm behalf of myself. I'm Fallout, my co-host, Snipe Down, Chrono Creative, our executive producer. Of course, Bella also throwing it down with the live tweeting and live clips, our social manager. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the action and, of course, the commentary, the insights at home. We'll catch you next time for the Apex After Hours. Have a good night, everybody.